Welcome back to the Drum Network podcast, looking at the future of television. I'm senior reporter for the Drum, Chris Sutcliffe. In the first part of this look at the future of television advertising, we heard all about the practical concerns that many advertisers and brands have and have had over the course of the pandemic. In this episode, we're going to be hearing from Richard Carroll, who is a senior digital marketing consultant at Capgemini Invent, and he's going to tell us all about the future of television advertising, particularly where the opportunities lie to make sure that there is parity between all the different platforms in terms of the value that they offer to advertisers and consumers alike. To begin with, I asked Richard to explain how audience consumption habits have changed over the course of the past year. The first sort of place to start the conversation is, I think when we start talking about television, television advertising, the, the, the platforms that people are using uh, is, is the really the biggest change. So we're not just talking about linear TV here. We're also talking about video on demand, recorded video uh, and, uh, and, and then online video. And I think it's really important to make that distinction, because when we talk about television advertising, we're not just talking anymore about broadcast linear. I think it's also really important that video on demand is in that mix. Mm. Um, and that's that's a really important distinction to make. I, I mean, I know you've, you've sort of mentioned that and touched upon something I was going to bring up, which is that my own consumption habits have changed just so much when I think about how I'm consuming, where I'm consuming and what I'm consuming. So I imagine that's true for the entire ecosystem, really. A hundred percent. And I think that ecosystem is becoming more fragmented and, 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 uh, and, and more diverse. But that doesn't mean, I think, that, that that's not coming at the, the, uh, the, the detriment to the effect that TV advertising can, can still have. Mm. So I think there's, there's two really important things when we sort of think about how that's the power of TV advertising. You know, first of all, does it still have the ability to capture attention? And Chris, there, I think we're really talking about, does it still command the ability to bring great reach uh, and does it give impact? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, is it still effective? So I think if we, if we sort of look at the first piece, you know, you're absolutely right there, Chris. You know, you're, you know, let's, let's look at our own viewing habits, the devices that we're using, the platforms that we're going to is, is changing. But when you look at the data across the whole, especially over the last year, and COVID has once again acted as an accelerant. There is this shift away from broadcast viewing. It's, it's an undeniable shift away from that live playback viewing. Um, but there's still a huge piece of the pie there. So I think when you when you combine live broadcast with with broadcast video on demand, so your playback services like iPlayer, um, uh, all four, etc., that's still more than three hours a day of audiovisual consumption, mm-hmm. which is a huge amount of attention to to, to be up for grabs. Um, that shift that there is there is that shift away. It's more pronounced in younger age groups. There's absolutely no denying there. I think it's something more like uh, it's about 30 percent of content content is broadcast recorded in the UK. And um, but I think even with those declines in mind, the reach opportunity really still exists. People are still watching a huge amount of TV. Um, and there's still that op- fantastic opportunity for brands that can afford it and when it's the right channel in their mix for them to reach them. So you mentioned there a couple of things that I want to pick up on the idea that, you know, younger audiences in particular are the ones who are consuming across, you know, more devices and that that's still this opportunity there for advertisers to reach people at scale, but also kind of in a way that's very impactful and meaningful. Now, does the fact that people are consuming on, you know, their PlayStations, their their smart TVs, their Macs. I'm just literally just looking around the room at everywhere I consume TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that not more, much more of a challenge when it comes to things like personalization and actually knowing who you're advertising to? 
I think it is. Um, and I think, you know, we can, we can break that down into a few different things. I think it, it, it really depends what the marketing job to be done. Mm. Traditionally, where TV plays in the marketer's toolkit is very broad reach. Um, it's, you're trying to hit as many people as possible because that's how you generate market share. And especially in, you know, the lot of clients that we're working with, uh, your, your CPG companies, your mass consumer goods companies, reach is still an incredibly important part of the mix. And, and you shouldn't move, move too far away from that. You shouldn't fragment your audience too far away from that. So there is still a huge place to play for these broad reach. Um, uh, you know, sort of uh, specific message campaigns that are driving emotion, that are building your your brand and are creating those memory structures so that when you're in the shopping aisle, you're mm. going to go for for one product over another. I, I don't think that although the format that you are, are watching uh, that that's uh, that content on is changing, that that is still a, you know, an acknowledged successful mechanic to drive to purchase for for the right brand. Yes. Yeah, I think what digital has started to do, though, is it's and you mentioned it there, is it's not just one single device anymore. So actually, the opportunity for the marketer becomes becomes more exciting. This isn't a question of sort of traditional or digital. It's actually how do you use the two together? And there's lots of data out there now. And I I know the the drum have been uh, uh, supporters and and publishers of uh, Field and Burnett's uh, mm. research, which has been evolving over the last 10 years since since the long and the short of it. And their analysis, which is backed up by, by sort of numerous data studies, is that this layering of channels is where you generate the most effectiveness. Okay. Um, but TV is where you generate still the biggest effectiveness for the right brand. I think it's something like overall business. Uh, they, they've quoted the overall business impact is is improved by something like 40 percent when you've got TV in there. Layer online video into there. You've got another you've got another level of effectiveness at that broad reach. And then sitting under that, you've obviously got your more sort of action based channels like search, paid social, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's interesting there that, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that even though these are kind of very disparate, tr- you know, traditionally non-television based devices, that television content and television advertising in particular has just as much effectiveness across each of those channels as it ever has. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you then start to look at the content, though. I think it's really important that brands are looking at what are they putting onto those screens when you're when you're in the, you know, in the living room watching the big TV experience. You've got a much different canvas to sort of portray your brand message than you do when someone's looking at a, you know, an iPhone or a, or a tablet. You're in a different mindset and, and, and from a creative point of view, you need to be aware from that. You need to be aware of that. I think lots of brands are guilty of taking their 30 second TV spot and chopping it down into <laughs> 15 second Instagram story ads. Def- definitely. Uh, I've seen so many yeah. bad executions of that. So many. Exactly. And it just, it's yeah. it's so counterintuitive to what they're trying to achieve. It really is. And it's not using these platforms to their benefit. You know, these platforms, especially online video, can be very interruptive. But there's ways to use that to your advantage. You know, there's, there's obviously the basics of making sure that your branding is up front to making sure that people are getting that awareness uh, side of the message and that you're getting the hook very, very quickly. Um uh, but then there's also other elements of actually using. There's, there's some great examples of brands that use the skip function almost mm. to their their positive from a creativity point of view. So yeah, d- definitely, I think thinking about those two 
you've got to think about those the, the different channels in 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 their own uh, in their own regard and um, that doesn't mean to say that you're looking to tell a different message you know great creative message should flow across channels it shouldn't be limited to one channel how it's actually executed might change might differ in terms of the you know the format or whatever but uh, but but a great creative message should be able to flow across channels yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a really nice way of putting it. I think the idea that it's not, you know, the medium isn't the message, in effect. Exactly. So you mentioned earlier that COVID has really acted as a bit of an accelerant for mm. television trends. I wondered if you could maybe take us through some of those. But also, I'm, I'm curious about whether it's created any new trends or opportunities. Yeah, I, I, I think we should we should spend a little bit. I won't I won't jump in straight now. I think we should talk a little bit about um, around subscription video mm. on demand because because that over the last what, five or so years is probably the biggest changer in in the the home entertainment market. But but we can come back to that. I think um, I think some of the sort of uh, the trends that I would see that we've seen over the last year. Um, we've seen a lot more contextualization of TV advertising, bringing the the the, the message of the day that's in the wider ecosystem we've seen purpose-based marketing before coming through into tv quite often unsuccessfully but i think over the last year we've seen a lot more contextualization examples of that would be supermarkets uh, you know landing safety-based messaging um we've seen various consumer goods companies talk about donations to to um to uh, food banks or, or um or free school meals i think that's quite exciting um, I think it's also important that brands aren't just latching on to messaging. Um, you know, all of the effectiveness studies show that you need you, you just just putting um, you, you can't just be talking the talk. You have to be walking the walk and vacuous messages about brighter futures um, it, it just don't really fly with the consumer. You need to actually be adding value. It needs to be linked into what you stand for as a brand and actually what, what you deliver as a service. But one of the things that I was I'm sort of keen to pick your brains on is whether that rise of subscription VOD is complete anathema to the idea of advertising on television content, because obviously we found that often if people are paying directly for a service, they won't be necessarily too happy if ads intrude on that experience. You know, we've seen it with gaming. We've seen it in um, print titles as well. Uh, You know, I'm thinking particularly of kind of the luxury magazines where all of a sudden, you know, 80, 90% of the the entire magazine are ads. Mm. So is that the case for subscription television as well? And why am I so annoyed when Amazon Prime (laughs) serves me an ad before a video? I think that's a, I think that's a really good point. I think you're, you're going to continue to see a battle emerging between subscription and, and pay, uh, and a paid service where there's, there's no advertising or very limited advertising versus the free model. And I think different providers are going to provide different services within each of those. I don't think there's sort of a clear distinction of, of one or the other. Um, I, I think that's sort of the, the first thing. I, I, I think, your, your channels that are traditionally advertising funded, so your ITVs, your Channel 4s, your Channel 5s, mm-hmm. they're, they're in trouble, Griff. I mean, you look at the scale that, that Netflix has, that Amazon Prime have, um, that uh, Apple have. You know, we talk looking at Twitter and, and, and YouTube going more into original content and live content. You know, traditionally, uh, ITV and Channel 4 and, and Channel 5, they're really hanging on by news mm. in the UK, 
their core original programming. So, you know, your, your top bill, Britain's Got Talent, Saturday Night, Got, Saturday Night Takeaway, Coronation Street uh, and sport. And you're starting to see those other platforms move into those spaces. You know, Amazon are putting more sport out there. It's only a matter of time before one of those tech providers goes very hard into a sporting event like the Olympics. They're oh, taking yeah, bits of the Champions League. And then what role do those traditional providers have? And they're seeing their, their ad revenue drop. I think a recent survey suggested that 35% in the, of adults in the UK suggested they won't even be watching those channels in the next three years. So, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a huge sort of change happening in the market. Why is that relevant to your, your, your question there? Well, I think it's going to, it's going to consolidate the options consumers have into a few core platform providers and they're going to have a choice of do they go to, to Netflix, uh, and, and have no advertising. Uh, or a, or an Apple and have have no advertising, mm. um, or do you go into one of the other platforms? And I think the reality is it's not going to be one or the other. People yeah. will people will will utilize a mix. We already see the behavior that that people are quite happy to have one, two, three plus these subscription services at, at any one time. Um, but but I think you know it will, there's going to be a lot of movement in this market. The money that's going into this is is vast. You know, Netflix are going to spend. I think it's something like the GDP of Senegal on original content this year. Yeah. Every time I see that number, it just, I feel like there must have been a typo somewhere because it is just an insane amount of money on original content it's, and it's acquisitions a, as well. Yeah. It's a, it's a massive amount of money. And, and, and the reality is, um, TV companies just, the traditional TV companies just aren't going to be able to keep up with that unless you've got things like for the BBC, the license fee continues to support them and, and the occasional, uh, news continues to be a really core, um, part of their offering, which, you know, over the last year, it seems like it really has. I think people have gone back to public service broadcasting and, and the, the, the quality of news that's created in the UK, which I think for, for us is fantastic rather than that paid model that you obviously see in the US, which creates it's a very different kind of news. It certainly does. Um, so, so I think, you know, increasingly fragmented. You've got some players that are, are, are huge in the space. Um, and I think, you know, it, there's going to be this this uh, this battle that the platforms are going to have to to look at. As to, do they go down the subscription model? Do they go down or, or double down on the on the advertising model? I think when you look at the, the players that are potentially going to come into this space and where this could really start to become quite exciting from a digital marketing point of view is when YouTube and Twitter really start. So at the moment, they're still sort of secondary platforms. You go to YouTube generally, um, obviously being a Google platform, it's got a fantastic search function. You generally go there with a problem to solve, how-to videos, you know, small pieces of snackable content that are entertaining. It's still not the core platform for long viewing, for original viewing, for your sort of Saturday night moment around the television. Yeah. If they can start to shift that, what you then start to get is a really exciting convergence of reach and attention on the platform combined with what is just a fantastic advertising platform that is both accessible to smaller businesses um, and easy to create content for. Um, and then I think you're starting to get into a very different space from a TV advertising point of view where you're getting big screen, large eyeballs with that targeted platform uh, and, and, um, and you know, viewability, uh, et cetera, within that. I think that's where this becomes really exciting if, if they start to land some of that big content, which I'm sure they will. Yeah, you've got to think that that's – it's. 
an inevitability rather than a sort of question about if they'll do it, you know, purely just because of that, the amounts of money they have. Uh, they have failed to do that in the past, haven't they? Sort of YouTube Red really never took off as they wanted. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I, I think it's one of those things, you, you know, it, some of these businesses, it's not their core product. It's mm. going to take time. Um, uh, you know, it is a shift. Um, and I don't think, you know, the, the consumer, behavior ha- consumer behavior hasn't totally moved away from broadcast viewing yet. And, and you know, the platform is it's not necessarily designed for it's designed for search. It's not necessarily great. Once you're into a video going into the next one, it's not, you know, your TV guide of viewing that we're necessarily used to. Um, so I think there's some there's some usability stuff. There's some UX stuff there. They need the content, but it, it, it is going to come over time. Um, and you know, you even look at someone like an Apple. It's taking them a little bit of time to get their get their original content sort of piece up and running. But you know, you wouldn't bet against these companies with the vast amounts of capital that they've got behind oh, them. No. One of the things I was really interested in in the notes you very kindly sent across is this idea of partnerships with brands. So you, you mentioned Lego in particular there. And um, I just wondered if you could maybe elaborate on that and sort of why that's so exciting. Well, I think what becomes really interesting there is brands start, especially with things like subscription view on demand, uh, video on demand, where you can't advertise, is starting to think around that. And where Lego have been fantastic, and there's other brands that have done this in other channels like Marmite, is starting to license out incredibly strong brands to get their uh, to get their message across to generate brand association but in a different form of content so you know lego have done this so fantastically well tying up with uh, you know obviously the sort of movie production but they tap into things like star wars and and the opportunity that the disney channel brings with their with their um with with their with their merchandise i think yeah. it's it's a, it's a really interesting way to see how you can tap into these cultural uh, uh, sort of, you know, moments of attention, uh, and look to, to ride those, ride that wave and, and, and generate brand awareness and, and, and sales off the back of it. Um, it's a really smart way to, I think, get through that barrier of, um, of, of the, the subscription view on the video on demand provides. I think there's a, there's another element to it as well, which is, you know, I think if, if we look more at traditional advertising, I think one of the the real opportunities that that exists within that um, is uh, is is more of a sponsorship of channels. So mm. instead of thinking about you know your twenty second spot that that slots somewhere in between a program, um, you're actually thinking about sponsoring content. I think you've seen fantastic examples of this with things like the Bake Off. We've had a sort of eight year partnership of of um, compare the market with Coronation Street. You, know, you get guaranteed eight million plus views on on these shows by having those the, those boilerplates around the program, and it really gives you the opportunity to tell a much richer brand story. The, the example I love is, is Marks and Spencers and Britain's Got Talent. Mm. Um, they they have the uh, they they have those bumpers either side of the of the TV show. But then they, they don't stop there. They, they play that activity out across channels. There's an aisle in the store where you can get all of your, your snacks and food to be able to watch and enjoy with the family. With Britain's Got Talent, they're creating a real moment. Uh, I think when they go to, when you go to the tills, you've got Anton Deck's voice on the, uh, on the, on the, on the tills. <laughs> you can start to see how you can be really creative with, with these mediums. Um, if you're sort of thinking more broadly and, and then you're really starting to tap into something. 
which isn't changing. You know, there's still the, the DNA of great advertising is still the formula for great advertising is still sort of taking the DNA of your brand, the context in this case of the program and, you know, that what's the mood of someone when they're watching this and finding the intersection of the two. And that's when you can create fantastic ideas that, that you know, generate attention. We're, we're in the attention game here um, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll build your brand and we'll, we'll ultimately deliver, deliver um, impact and effectiveness. Yeah, certainly. And I think it's fair to say then that the vast majority of everything that we've mentioned so far is underpinned by tech. And we've seen some huge advances in TV ad tech over the last couple of years. Yeah. I wonder if you could maybe pick up a couple of those examples and then, I suppose, talk about what the future opportunities are. Yeah, of course. I, I, you know, I think the big opportunity in, in TV is connected television, um, addressable advertising in TV. This is hugely exciting, and, and and I think let's I think we've got to separate slightly what we were just talking about there in terms of the the more traditional digital platforms. Yeah. But what you're essentially starting to see is how do you take some of those principles and apply them to to the broader TV space. Um, it's still small at the moment. I think it's it's only a couple of percent of of global spend. Um, but if we take one product in particular in the UK, Sky AdSmart. It's already reaching four in every 10 households in the UK, aims to get that up to 60% by the end of next year. Um, and the effectiveness is, is very clear when you start to build, um, when you start to build more personalized campaigns for TV. I think, you know, you're looking at double digit, uh, increases in effectiveness, attentiveness when, when you, when you personalize that, that content. And I think, I think the thing within the TV space is it can be as important as who you're not showing an ad to as who you are showing an ad to. You know, so if you've already owned a product, if you've already got a TV insurance, if you've already got, sorry, a, uh, uh, insurance with a certain brand, if you've already got, uh, you know, if your, if your car isn't coming up for renewal anytime, so you've just bought a new car, it can be as important as not showing you that ad as showing you that ad and, and, and the benefits and wastage that, that that gives you. It's going to take some time. I think, you know, the, the reality is over time, ads on broadcast TV will be served rather than placed. That That is a fact. It's going to take some time to get there. There's some big challenges to get over in terms of privacy. You know, the, the sort of Internet space has grown up with the concept of, of targeted advertising. TV hasn't. And I think people will be cautious around allowing. You know, there's obviously lots of movements in the wider space at the moment around privacy and protection of data. And that is going to be a huge obstacle for, for TV to to overcome. Um, and I think also from an advertiser point, you've got to, got to be careful not to fragment your audiences too mm. much with this channel. There's the, there's the excitement that you get where you can sort of start to think about micro targeting. You've got to be careful. The point of TV is to generate reach. You're looking to reach a wide audience of people. And I think if you if you move too far away from that, then 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 you're not utilizing the medium as it, as it should be used. Um, reporting is also going to be an issue. One of the beauties of of traditional TV is we've got a sort of independent, verified yeah. uh, way of measuring um, TV, whether that's, you know, as accurate as it could be, arguments there um, in terms of, you know, g- getting down to the kind of levels of granularity you get in digital. But at least it's consistent. You know what you're getting when you start getting into a world where, you know, you're relying on Sky to tell you or you're relying on uh, an independent tech company or even a TV company to tell you how you performed. And then you start to see the same issues that we see 
on uh, on your traditional platforms around viewability, measurability, and you know, is it accurate? People marking their own homework, etc. So I think, yeah, hugely exciting space. I, th I think, to be honest, one of the areas where I think this is most exciting is the opportunity as you move more into the addressable market mm -hmm. is for smaller businesses. You know, at the moment, if you run a smaller business or a medium sized business, TV is just not an accessible channel to you. Yeah, the, certainly. The, the cost of creation, the cost of serving just are too, too high. But when you start to replicate the model that you see in, in digital online advertising and, and other digital channels onto the big screen, you actually start to see, well, this could become much more affordable and much more effective. Um, so I think this could be a big change over the next few years. You know, if you look at Facebook revenue at the moment, the top 100 businesses on Facebook who advertise in terms of spend, that only accounts for 6% of Facebook revenue. Hmm. So the, the other 94% are coming from much smaller businesses. And I think if you can, if you start to apply that sort of model to TV, it really opens it up as a channel combined with the fact that costs to create high quality video content are only coming down. Yeah. This opens the medium up to, to, to many more brands. And I think that's quite an exciting opportunity. You're right. That's a, a huge opportunity there, not just kind of for those smaller brands, but for those you know, production companies and, and channels and platforms that are actually looking to increase their, their ad revenue. But from a consumer point of view, then, will we really notice much of a change or will we just kind of get that slow, steady increase in relevance of advertising? Uh, is it something that we're going to notice a big step change in or is it going to be gradual? Oh, that's a really interesting question. My, my gut feel is I think it's going to be gradual. Um, I, I, it's, it's a really interesting one. I think, uh, I, I think TV companies are going to be much more wary around how far they let this go rather than the sort of online uh, model that potentially has got a little bit ahead of itself. Mm. So I, I think the reality is you're going to start, as I said, you're going to start to see this slow. It will be unnoticeable at first. It will be almost that first bit of not getting an advert when you should be getting an advert. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see the same levels of, of almost retargeting. Um, being able to stitch people across devices are we, that is going to be a challenge from a privacy point of view. But if that becomes possible, then you, you could start to see more lower funnel activity. I've searched for a holiday to go away to some tropical climate, obviously outside of the current restrictions, because we, as we know, I shouldn't be doing that at the moment. Um, but, uh, but then an advert for British Airways appears on the TV. Is that out of the realm of possibility? Yeah, absolutely not. And I think that's where, you know, if you look at, at the kind of businesses that have, that have cropped up, that have, that have been founded in the digital space, uh, on, on sort of traditional digital online platforms to exploit that data, you will see the same in TV. I think it'll be more protected, but you will definitely see more of a move into that space and a, and a data-driven marketing approach. Nice, oh, fantastic. I, I, I'm excited to see where we go from here now. Um, it sounds like it's effectively only going to accelerate as we go further into the future as well. And fingers crossed that will deliver uplift to both brands, advertisers and consumers at the same time. I think so. I, th I think yeah, the, 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 the key message is the acceleration is accelerating. Um, and I think you're starting to see, you know, the key thing is you're starting to see a convergence of technology. We've been talking lots about specific individual technologies for years. It's when these things start to come together that you really see a massive step change. Um, and I think you've just got to caveat that with these technologies are really exciting. The opportunities are, are huge. 
But the fundamentals of marketing still haven't changed. Mm. You still need to understand your audience. You still need to select who it is you're going to go after. How do you position your brand to them? And then what are the right channels to, to reach them in the most effective way? You know, those, those core elements of marketing haven't changed. So yes, fantastic tools, get excited, experiment, play with them, but equally ensure that you're applying sound marketing strategy to, to the utilization of them, which, you know, which, which hasn't changed. Amazing. Well, then just as one final question, sorry to spring this on you, but we couldn't talk about the future of television without asking about present television. So is there anything you're watching at the moment that you really want to recommend <laughs> to our audience? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I am. OK, so I'll talk about a couple. Uh, Queen's Gambit I mm-hmm. think is one of the best things that's been on the television in the last last year. Uh, I think uh, my girlfriend and I, we've actually started rewatching The Wire. Oh, wow. OK, which, that's which an investment. We, which we missed on the first time around. Um, uh, and then the final thing, which I think is really interesting, given the conversation we've been having, is um, uh, it must be lockdown. But we are uh, religiously watching old episodes of Grand Design uh, <laughs> and, and daydreaming about our future home. <laughs> um, nice. but, but what is fascinating about that is John Lewis have advertised every uh, John Lewis home have advertised every old episode of uh, of grand designs, which you think from a capability point of view, all of these hours of content that in a traditional world would never be see would never see the light of day, and John Lewis are pro- probably picking up cheap, incredibly relevant inventory on all of them, and 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 that's that's maybe an interesting thought to to leave the listeners with. Well, Richard, thank you so much for that. If any of the listeners want to get in contact with you, where's the best place that they can find you and find Cap Gemini? Of course. So I, I think through the Capgemini website, we've also got we've got a fantastic partnership, Chris, with, with yourself at the drum. So so have a look for all of the content that um, myself, but also my, my fantastic colleagues are, are putting out on there across a range of subjects, um, marketing, digital, um, future uh, consumer experience, shopping, etc. There's some fantastic things on there. Definitely draw people's attention to our latest retail launch. We've launched in partnership with you guys, Corner mm-hmm. Shop. Um, and then myself personally on, uh, on, on LinkedIn, but I'm also on, on the drum side. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. Take care.